0: Welcome to Victory Christian Centre. You're about to hear Pastor Vanessa Schlugel as she brings a message of Sunday service. We are standing on the threshold of a great awakening. Not only in our own lives, but in our nation and in the nations of the world. Psalm 2 says that the nations are his inheritance, and the uttermost parts of the earth are his possession. And God challenges the nations and says, why are the nations raging? And the men of the earth are plotting a great thing against my son and against my anointed. And so God is right now sitting in the heavens, and he's laughing because he's about to speak. And the voice of the Lord, when he speaks, he's not speaking alone. He is speaking through his body, the church. And so God is awakening us to know who we are in Jesus Christ. And so this is what this message is about. And so for 2,000 years, Jesus has been building his church. And he opens up and he says in Matthew 16, he said, On this rock, because Peter, he was saying, Who do men say that I am? You know, and some say, well, you're Elijah, and you're this one, and you're that one. And he said, but who do you say I am? And Peter said, you are the Christ. You are the Messiah. You are the son of the living God. And Jesus said, Peter, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. And upon this rock, I shall build my church. And the governments of hell cannot prevail against it. And so that is our God speaking. And so what was God saying upon this rock? What is that rock? Well, the rock is the revelation of who Jesus Christ is. That is the revelation that Jesus is building his body. He is the head and we are his body. And he said upon the rock, upon revelation knowledge, when all of a sudden you hear the truth and you know who God is and you know what he's done in the earth and you know who he has created you to be upon that rock, God is going to build your life, build your family, and he's going to build his church. And the government, I don't care what government, I don't care what demon spirit, he cannot prevail against us. And so we need a revelation and we need to have a fresh revelation or a refreshing on who Jesus Christ is and who we are in him. In him. The New Testament is filled with scriptures. In him, you have the victory. You're more than conquerors. You're seated in heavenly places. You're here to rule and reign in this life by one Christ Jesus. And so this incredible revelation that Jesus Christ came to give us and so that passage, and so for our 40 days, we're going to be looking at this revelation. That's what we're going to do. We're going to spend that time, and I'm going to, we're going to look at scripture after scripture and just unpack this amazing story. And as it unfolds, when Stephen and I heard this, things started to make spiritual sense of why things are happening in the earth and why God isn't down here doing something. Why? Because God has, in his sovereignty, given us authority. And so we're going to have a look at this and see this whole story of God having to work with man in order to have his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so in this 40 days, I'm expecting my faith to rise. I'm expecting your faith to rise. And I'm expecting the atmosphere to change. And God just takes one man. God just takes one man to shift a nation. He took Moses, who was in the wilderness. And he says, Moses, I'm going to send you to deliver Egypt you know, my people out of Egypt, and he said, I can't can't speak, and God says, who made man's mouth, he said, I'm going to make you as God to Pharaoh, I'm going to make you as God to Pharaoh, and he's going to let my people go, and so there's some stuff in here that we need to see, some statements in the word, where God speaks about who you and I are, that we need to take a hold of, because it's not who we are in ourselves, but it's who we are in Jesus Christ. And so for some of you, this is not going to be new, but we're going to be reminded of what God has already spoken to us, and we're going to have our faith go to new levels. Now, am I a little bit basey? I feel I am up here, but how are we going out where you are? All right? Okay. All right. Well, I'll do it. I'll I'll handle that. And so as I said, I'm going to lay a foundation this morning, and I'm just going to spend a wee bit of time. You see, because the Bible that we've got in our hands or online, it is a legal document. And God wants us to take this legal document, this word here, and he wants us to name everything and claim everything that he said is ours. And and many years ago, when we grew up in the word of faith, we were called the name it and claim it bunch. And if you found a promise in the word, you could name it and claim it. Why? Because this is a legal book, and it's a legal document. And I'll just share that, that, that bit of the story in just a moment. And so God wants us, and he is thrilled when we take a hold of the inheritance that he's already given to us and that we claim it. You see, God has given us dominion over all the earth. He's made you an heir of God. Jesus Christ has made you an heir of God and you are a joint heir with Jesus Christ. That's who we are. What else? Well, we're seated in heavenly places. Seated in heavenly places, what to do? To rule and to reign in this life. Now, religion wants to put that off into the future, but God wants us to be ruling and reigning in this life. And so when Stephen and I came into this truth about the authority of the believer, uh, we had come to Christ in the, um, in the late 70s and the early 80s, and we'd started attending a church uh, here in Wellington. We'd come up from the South Island, and, and as good as it, the people were and as, and as great as it was coming into church, we just felt that something was missing. And we weren't seeing the victory that we felt we needed to see in our lives. I mean, if God is the king of glory, um, then we wanted to see that in our lives. And um, we were hungry for more. And, you know, we were talking with people, and we'd heard that there was this new church that was starting in Wellington City. And so we were excited. We thought, okay, we're going to go, and we're going to turn up on Sunday night, and we're going to listen to this man. And it was just absolutely amazing. Um, It was amazing hearing this man speak. The words that came out of his mouth were transformational. And he was one that was speaking with authority. There was an authority in his voice that we hadn't heard before. And so we came into this move and we, and we, and we came into this church. And it was amazing because looking back now, we didn't realize that we were in a move of God. God there was a move of God that was, t- took place in round about the 1950s, it started to stir. Because after the Second World War, and Stephen referred to it last week, there was a move of the healing evangelists. And America was just sp- covered with healing evangelists where there was just miracles, outstanding miracles, the blind seeing, the deaf hearing, the lame walking, the dead being raised. You go and have a look, and you look at the healing evangelists of the 50s, A.A. A. Allen, there was, there was uh, many, many of them, William Brenham, and some of them went off, and some of them, even died of the sicknesses that they had ended up um, you know, being used by God to heal. And it was interesting because Kenneth Hagin came up in that, and he said to those healing evangelists, there were 120 of them, he says, you are building your life on the anointing and on the gifts of the Spirit. He said, I'm building my life on the Word. He said, when you're all gone, I will be here. He says, because I'm building it on the Word of God. And the Word of God can bring into your life anything that the gifts of the Spirit can. And so we came into that, and um, it was amazing. There was people, um, let me just name them, There was Oral Roberts, that he, was, he released a revelation again that God is a good God. And seed, time, and harvest, that the word is like a seed. And Jesus taught on that, that the word is a seed and you sow it. And that, that there'll be a seed, there'll be time for it to grow, and then you're going to have a harvest. And so watch the words of your mouth. Um, Charles Caps, Life and Power of Words, there was Don Gossett who came to our church, and it's what you say is what you get. There was Kenneth Hagan. There was John Osteen, and there was all of these men that we started to take a hold of the words, and all of them had a piece of this amazing integrity of God's word that the church could get a hold of, and and each one of them was speaking on the authority of the believer. And so we took a hold of this message. And a short time after, we attended a two-year Bible, Bible school that was with the Word of Faith. Uh, Raymer Bible Colleges started all around the world and all around the nations. And we had these Bible college um, teachers come and train us. The, the Bible college opened for two years in Wellington, and it shut And the sad thing about it was New Zealand and many in New Zealand shut the door on this move of God in the 80s. And so God had a plan for the people in this nation and had a plan for the nation, but because they rejected his word, we have not seen what God had intended in in, in, in our recent history. And so we are here like uh, standing on the brink of something amazing on the promised land because this is our land, this is our nation. And like God had said in Moses' time, I've got a promised land, but because the people, and the the children of Israel, they griped and they complained and they said, we're going to die. God says, as you've spoken in my ear, so you will. Your your corpses will drop in the wilderness, but I'm going to take in the next generation. And so I believe we're in this time right now where you take a hold of this word and where God is going to bring this nation into absolute revival. And so God had Joshua and Caleb, out of three million, he had two converts, And when 40 years was up and Josh was ready to take them into the promised land, Caleb said, you give me this mountain, Josh. You give me this mountain, there's giants in there. He said, I've been waiting 40 years. I'm as strong now as I was back then. And they took that land. Why? Because they upheld and they lifted up the integrity of who God is, of his promises, and of his word. And so we are in a revival. We're in the brigs. It's like the river of God is rising. And so our roots are unashamedly in the word of faith. And we are so thankful for that, so thankful that we heard that message. And so over the years, you know, Stefan and I have, you know, as young pastors, when we first started, they thought we were a cult. And we actually had also, you know, this is a little bit of a story, we'd leased a building and somebody didn't want us there, so they leased it the next day, the, the next week, and so we had nowhere to meet because they didn't want us to be speaking this message into our city. And so we got the idea, okay, well, we'll get a long-term lease from the council, (laughs) which we ended up doing, and and just amazing revival that we had in a little little, community hall in Moera. And so it's amazing how people, you know, that they thought that we were proud, and they thought that we were acting in foolishness and presumption. I mean, how dare you speak as if you are an authority? You know, and uh, you see, they didn't believe that it was God's will for us back then in the '80s, 1989, that it was God's will for us to reign in life. Um, they thought it. They thought somehow it glorified God to be sick and defeated, and somehow there was suffering for Jesus, and that it would bring glory to His name. And we're looking at this and thinking sickness when He is Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals, and you're sick and dying. And when God, God says that I am Jehovah Nissi, I'm the Lord of battles, and you're defeated and under the circumstances, what are you doing under them? When God says you're the head and not the tail, you're supposed to be above only and not beneath. And so we couldn't agree with these people. You know, and so really this whole subject of authority that we're looking at, uh, it is central, and is a the central theme right throughout the Bible. If you have eyes to see and ears to hear, you can see this theme all the way through. If you have a look, in the very beginning, God opens up his story. And what does he say? Let us make man in our image. God the Father, God the Word, and God the Holy Spirit, brooding over the face of the waters in the beginning. God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was out form, and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters, and nothing happened until God the Word spoke and said, let there be light, and there was. And you see the whole of creation. And then in verse 26, God says, let us make a man in our image and after our likeness, and let them have dominion. Let them have dominion. You are made in the image of God. You are created to have dominion. He goes on to say, let them have dominion over all the work of his hands. Over all. You know, in Psalm 8, and we're going to have a look at that next week and expound it better. As it says, what is man that you are mindful of him? And the son of man that you come down and you visit him in the cool of the day. For you have made him a shade lower than the angels. That word angels is not angels. It's the word Elohim, which is the name of God. And God says, you've made him a... What is this being that you've just made? You've made him a shade lower than yourself. You've crowned him with glory and honor. You've put all things under his feet. Oh, Lord, my Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. And so we're glorifying a God that has created you and I in his image and his likeness. He's crowned you with glory and honor. Jesus even confirmed that and said, Father God, in in, in John 17, he says, Father, I pray that the glory that you've given me, you give to them the same glory, and that they would know that you love them as much as you love me. That's a revelation. That God loves you as much as he loves his son, Jesus Christ. The revelation of what that will do when you understand that there's no condemnation for you. You're in Christ Jesus. And that God so loved you that he himself came so that he could raise you out. Praise the Lord. This is in our heart, isn't it, Stephan? This is who we are. And so these religious spirits... Don't want you to hear this. And so God included an authority, which we're going to unpack this over six weeks, and we're going to look at it every which way. He's given you an authority, given you and I authority, and then he's also said, now I want you to execute that authority on the earth. Psalm 149 talks about that, that the high praises of God in our mouth the two-edged sword in our hand, and we're executing on the princes of this world, the judgments that have already been written. That is our job description on the earth. And so you see, so God has raised us up. In fact, Psalm 1 Samuel, it says that God raises the poor out of the dust. He lifts the beggar. How did we become like that? Because of Adam sinning against God. And he plunged the earth into the curse of sin and death. And we came under A created being called Lucifer. And then God's love story to become a man and to get us back out of that. And then to raise us on high and to seat us again next to himself in heavenly places. What a love story. What a story. All through, all through the Bible. And so what does he do? He raises the beggar out of the ash heap. Why? So that he may inherit the throne of his glory. You've inherited a throne of glory. You say, yes, Lord, yes, that's me. I've inherited a throne of glory. Which the religious spirits, they can't stand that. How dare you say you've got a throne? How dare you say you've got glory? Oh, don't touch the glory of God. Well, no, I can't help it. He's covered me with it. I can't. I'm walking in it. The glory. The glory. The glory and the lifter of my head. He came to live inside me. He's the Holy Spirit. Yours and my body is the temple of God. God dwells inside me. He is the glory of God. You brought him with you. You don't have to say, God, come, he's here. He's omnipotent. He's everywhere. But he's also chosen to live in us. We are his temple. He didn't want to live in tents and in mortar he wanted to come and live in us and be with us, not just walk and talk. He just wanted to be right next to us. That's who, that's who he is. He's amazing. And so somebody would say, in the beginning, you know, that God created us to be in charge, and that's what you've heard me say. That's part of my language. I can't, it's just in. I, I don't want to, I, I, I'm saying I can't help it. I don't want to help it. I love it. I love this language. And so somebody would say, well, I thought that God was in charge. You know, when I talk about the earth is ours, it's, it is. And somebody would say, well, this is religious spirits for you. They say, well, I thought that God was in charge and the earth is, is the Lord's. And there is a scripture that says, yes, that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Not denying that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. But that's only qualified when he, he goes into the next scripture. and In 100, Psalm 115, it says that the highest heavens belong to the Lord, but the earth... He's given to the sons of men. And so God has given the earth to us. He's created it and He's the creator, but God has given it to us. And so we're going to have a look at that. And so, as I said, that Satan, it's interesting, Kenneth Hagen, Papa Hagen, he said to us, you know, when he was preaching, and I'm just going to read this to you, he said, I don't think there is a message in the New Testament that the devil fights more than the message of the authority of the believer. That's coming from our father in the faith. He said, I don't think that there is a message that Satan wants to shut down more than us understanding the authority we have as believers. Absolutely. You see, Satan has deceived many in the church to relinquish their authority. He doesn't want you to know that. And so there's a battle going on in the earth right now. And, you know, and, and there's war in the heavenlies. You know, Satan is a principality, he's a power, he's a ruler of the darkness of this age, the spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. He's not in the third heaven where God is. There's, a, there's an atmosphere above the earth and then there's a heavenlies where there's all sorts of wars going on. And when Daniel prayed for 21 days, the angel could not come. Gabriel said, I can't come. He says, because he said, the moment that Jews prayed on earth, your words were heard in heaven, and I have come for your words. But he said, I had to get through the prince of Tyre. And so there was, a, there was a king of Tyre, and there was a prince. The king was the earthly king, and the prince was a demon spirit. And he said, and I was struggling there for 21 days, and I had to call Michael to come in and help me to get through. And he says, and here I am, and I have come for your words. And so there is... Dynamics going on in the spirit realm. And that's why God says, having done all to stand, when you speak the word, you stand. What say Daniel had pulled back and not continued to pray on day 18? Would that message have got through? Or when he was standing that 21 days and speaking, he held himself and the power of God was able to get through and that answer came. And so when we don't think that things are happening, things are happening. And so there's fights going on in the unseen realm, in the spirit realm. And God is looking to us to be able to use our authority, know that God is on our side and we shall not fear, know that God has given us his word, and we stand on that word until we see what God has promised in his word. And so people say to me, Vanessa, you're always talking about wrestling in the spirit, and you're always talking about this fight and demon spirits, and uh, I love it. I absolutely love it. I love to talk about this stuff. Why? Because I've got the victory over them. I've got the victory over these things. They're under my feet. Because I'm part of the body of Christ. And so we need to understand that there is this battle that's going on. And, And and if we're talking about wrestling in the spirit, God opens Genesis chapter one, chapter one, chapter two, and chapter three. He talks about this battle. And he's telling, and he's speaking, and we're going to look at this next week, so i am got to just make sure I don't get into that message. But he, he talked to Adam, and he said to Adam, he said, I'm making you a governor over the earth. And he said, I'm wanting you to tend and to watch it and to guard it. And so Adam was instructed to guard the earth. Why? Because there was an enemy in the earth's atmosphere, and he was going to try and topple Adam's throne like he tried to topple God's throne. But what did God do? God kicked him out of the heaven. And Adam was to kick him out of earth, but he didn't. He opened the door. And so there's a whole teaching we're going to look into next week. And so, see, Jesus is interesting. There's a parable, and again, some of, some of the previews of next week. Jesus spoke a parable and he said, The kingdom of God is as man. And he, he left his house and he went on a far journey and he gave to his servants authority. He left his house. And he gave his servants authority. And then he told them to watch. Watch for, and pray. And so we are the servants of God. We have been given authority. And we have been told to watch. As watchmen on the walls. The same thing Jesus gave us. All authority in heaven and on earth. Praise the Lord. And so, as I said, that God is building his church. Jesus is building his church. And the governments of hell cannot prevail against us. You know, and just as we start to look at the authority of who God is, you know, we've got to understand the power of God's word over us. And it's a little bit like um, David. He couldn't take down a giant that was over the nation until he was able to practice his authority on his dad's sheep, on the lions and the bears. He said, I've taken down lions of bears that have tried to take my inheritance and you are the same as those this day. How dare you defy the Holy One of Israel? This day, your head is coming off you. That all may know that there is a God in Israel. Now we're practicing our authority in our own homes, over our minds, over our bodies, over our finances. We're taking this authority and we're going to practice on ourselves first, and then when the time is ready and right, we're taking down some Goliaths that think that this land is theirs and it isn't. This is the awakening of the church. Hallelujah. And so let's have a look here that's that's my introduction. <laughs> Praise God. And so let me talk about the subject of authority. And Stefan's you know, he was di- giving definitions on that in his pre-message. But our authority as believers finds its beginnings in knowing who God is. I mean, where does the authority come from? Yeah, yeah, but, but, but then what does that mean? What does it mean? And, and where's the basis of it? I mean, if somebody doesn't, you know, if, if it's not God, if it's the authorities in myself, well, goodness me, that's not going to stand. And so we're having a look and we're knowing our authority is based on us knowing that God is the supreme and ultimate and final authority. He is almighty God. He is the great I am. Not only that, and we're going to have a look at this in just a moment, as knowing that Jesus Christ has been given all authority. We have to have the revelation of that understanding. This is not up for discussion. This is the truth. Not only that, we need to understand and we need to know that this word is final authority. It is a legal document that will stand in the courts of heaven. And the accuser of the brethren will try and accuse us day and night, but we overcome him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony, and we love not our life unto death which means we've got consecrated lives. You see, because if you're not consecrated and you've got sin in the camp, the walls of your life are broken down, and God says when the walls are broken down, a serpent will come in and bite. And so you build up the walls of consecration around your life, and then Satan has nothing in me. Satan has nothing in me. And so there's a whole consecration there. The church is filthy. To be honest, she needs to clean her act up, clean her mind up. What's she watching? Put nothing unholy before your eyes. Because you cannot stand against your enemies. You know, when Joshua was going into the promised land, and they went in and they took Jericho. And then they went and took Ai. And God says, you don't take this stuff, this is mine. And they fell before the enemy in Ai. And Joshua's crying before God and says, God, what are you doing? And God says, you get up off your feet. Don't you cry to me. He says, you've got sin in the camp, therefore you cannot stand before your enemies. Get the sin out, and then you'll be able to take the land. And so we have a time right now where judgment is beginning at the house of God. He is cleaning up the house, and he's going to deal with you personally on things that that are plaguing you and things that you have allowed to rule over your life. And you get that under your feet, and then you start walking in your sonship and start walking in the authority. You've got authority over addictions. You've got authority over what you watch. You've got authority over what you say. You're a spirit being made in the image and likeness of God. You're perfect in your spirit. Your mind needs to be renewed. Your emotions need to come under the word, and so does your body. Your body is your servant, and you need to look after this body because if this body is is not here, you're not here. You have to leave the planet. Your body gives you legal access to be allowed to live and rule in this earth. When the body is no longer here, you have no authority in the earth. You need to leave. And so Satan is looking for bodies to work through, and God is a spirit, and he's looking for bodies to work through. And there's this wrestling going on. Who is going to yield to God Almighty so he can do his work? And who is going to yield to demon spirits so that he can do his work? There's a whole authority structure right there that we dig a hold of, and we're going to look at that, unpack that next week. And I tell you, it will so empower you to take your, st- your place and your stand in God. And so Almighty God, and so we're knowing the authority of the word, and then not only that, but we know and have a revelation on our authority. And then begin to walk that out before our God. And so what is this, Vanessa, you're boasting no, you know, Paul said, as anybody boasts, he said, you boast in the Lord. Boasting in the Lord and his word. This is nothing of a human being. This is God's word. This is God's covenant. This is, he's given his blood for this. God is ever mindful of us. His mind is filled with us, what? So that we would get a hold of who he's created us to be. Sons of the living God. And so, almighty God, <clears throat> where is my authority when I come against demon spirits? Oh, I, l- I love this. Excuse me. <clears throat> I, happen to, I happen to have come into Christ fighting devils. I had A lot of them in my life, and I had to learn to take authority over them and cast them out. And th- this was great because I was practicing on myself and, and, and learning what that looked like. And so, when, we, I, I, when one of the gifts of the spirits is the discerning of spirits, and so discerning spirits means you discern the spirits of other people, you can just discern, you meet people, and you go, hmm. You know, you're discerning something there, and you're discerning good spirits as an angels and in God, but you're also discerning demon spirits, and it's amazing how, you know, years ago people were like, get out, devil, and they're just, you know, just trying to use all their physical strength, but uh, over the years, God, you know, when I'm praying for people and you're casting the devils out, I just lay my hands on them, and I can see where the spirit is. Just, I just can see it in the spirit, and it's amazing because I just say, Satan, God's identified you, get out. And so when I see that glory shining in that area of that person's life, it means the glory of God has gone where that spirit is sitting. And and there's no argument. You've been identified by the spirit of God. Get out. It's amazing. You don't have to fight. It's already done. There's amazing work. In fact, that's another subject. Sorry. Better stay on track. Hallelujah. So our, our authority, it has its beginnings. And God... That's where, that's where it is. My confidence is not in myself. My confidence is in God and who he is. He's the great I am. He's the alpha, the omega, the beginning and the end. He wrote the beginning of the story. He says, I write the end from the beginning. This is who our confidence is in. That's what our mouth is speaking. And so you look at these amazing scriptures, Isaiah 46. God says, I am God, and there is no other. I am God, and there's none like me. I declare the end from the beginning, and from ancient times, things that are not yet done. This is who we are representing on the earth. God Almighty. And he wants to manifest himself as the great I am. That's what he did with Moses. One man that said, God, I ran away. He ran into the wilderness hiding for, for 40 years, fear. And one man with a stick We're back to a demonized Pharaoh. And God said, I'm going to make you like God. Not one of your words is going to fall to the ground. It's incredible. Why? Because God, Elohim, the Jehovah, God of glory was backing him. He's the ultimate authority. It rests on our creator. He's the sustainer of all of the universe. He actually has authority to make us bow, but he won't because he's given us free choice. He said, look, he said, I'm going to give you life and death, blessing and cursing. Now you choose, but please, would you choose life that you and your seed may live? And so he's given us the ability to choose our road and our pathway, even to the point of death and hell. And so Isaiah 44, let's have a look. It says, I, the Lord, am maker of all things. I stretch out the heavens by myself and sprouting out the earth all alone. This is who my authority, your authority, is resting on him, of what what he said and who he said we are. He says, before me, he he says, indeed, Isaiah 43, 13, indeed, before the day was, I am. And so before anything was created, he said, I am the I am. And, and, and Moses said, Well, who shall I say has sent me? He said, The I am. God, not, God is not I was. He's not I'm going to be. He says, I am that I am. I'm impressed. He is out of time. He doesn't live in time. Time and space is part of our earth. He's ever present to heal, to deliver. And so God is almighty. He's omnipotent, means he's everywhere. He's the all-seeing God, all-powerful. And I've just written this here, that God in is supreme, his, his, his supreme and final authority, which means he can, he can if he wanted to, un, unlimitedly command and demand, but he doesn't. And so what are we seeing on the earth? That he's sovereign. And this is what we heard years ago, wasn't it, Stephen? That Well, God is sovereign. You know, God is going to do, in fact, we're going to change that first song there. There's one of those songs, the, 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 the things out, when it says that God is fighting for us. No, he's not. He's fighting with us. He's not fighting for us. He's fighting with us. And if we don't fight, he's not fighting. He's already finished the work. He fought 2,000 years ago, and he won. And now he's given us the victory. And so God is not fighting for He's fighting with us. And if you don't stand up and fight, then God won't. Because he needs your permission to get involved in the, in, 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 in the, in the, in the ring. And unless you lift up your hand like that, to to stand against the enemy, God can't. Because you are his hand. The strength of God is in who you are, my Lord and my God. So we're going to change that. So in God's sovereignty, if we have a look at this, he is not arbitrarily making decisions on the earth. Some people say, well, God is, you know, God is going to do this. He's not arbitrarily ruling over the affairs of man. And if he was, he's got the place in a mess. You think about it. If, God, if God's will was always coming to pass in the earth, then you look at the earth right now. It's an absolute mess. And you want to know who on earth is in charge here. Because whoever's is in charge, they're not doing a good job. If you have a look. And so this is just one of those religious sayings that people use. And they don't think, and it's not biblically based. Because you see, God in his sovereignty has chosen to delegate the authority of the earth to man for a period of time. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The earth is... He has given to the sons of men, and it's for a period of time. And some of this, uh, the, the, the Bible college teachers that we've, we've, we've read after Charles Caps really deals with this, an authority of three worlds, and it talks about an earth lease. And the Bible actually refers to this earth lease of six days, 6,000 years. And we understand that things are not always going on in the earth as God wills. That's why with you as the authority, as the body of Christ, how do we pray, Jesus? Jesus said you pray this way. God, your will, your kingdom come on the earth as it is in heaven. We are the ones that are inviting the will of God into the earth. And so right now, God is not ruling over the earth. Things are not happening according to God's will. He has given us the custodianship of the planet. And he's told us to occupy until I come get you. Occupy until I come. And so this is why this message on the authority of the believer needs to go out into the highways and the byways, and it needs to arise in the body of Christ. And as soon as we arise, we can take, we can take back our earth. We can take back our nation and a generation. When the, when the disciples got a hold of this message, they were sick, they were fearful before Jesus, rose, before Jesus died on the cross and rose from the dead. When the Holy Spirit came upon them, it took them a few years, and they turned the world upside down. And in Acts 17, it says, those that have turned the, turned the world upside down have come here too. They totally transformed the uh, Roman Empire at the time because they understood the authority that God had given them. And so Jesus Christ, our authority and our beginnings is also founded in Jesus Christ, who he is, what he has said about us. And he said himself, I'm the alpha, I'm the omega, I'm the beginning and the end. You know, if you have a look at who he is and you read in the book of Revelations, it said his hair is as white as wool, as white as snow. His eyes are a flame of fire, and out of his mouth goes the, goes the sound of many waters. And he's riding on a white horse, and, and the angels of the Lord are, with, are riding with him. And his, his clothing is dripped in, the, in, in, in blood, and he has a name on his thigh that no one knows. And he's called the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And he's coming back. He's coming back. But he's coming back for a glorious church, a glorious church without spot or wrinkle. That is who you and I are. And so, who is Jesus Christ? The Bible says in John, it says, In the beginning, in the very beginning, what does it say that there was the word? Sorry, in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. And it was due to the word. What does it say? That all things were made through him. Through who? Through the word. And without him, the word, nothing was made that was made. And so Jesus Christ, before he took on human flesh, was called the word of God. And all things were created by him. And without the word, Jesus, nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and that life was the light of man. And the light came into the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend and did not receive him. But to as many as received him, to them he gave the power to become sons of God, to those who believe in his name. So you are now a son of God. And the Bible goes on in in verse 14 of that verse and it says, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And so Jesus Christ is God. And everything that we see was created by him. And so when he speaks, he speaks with authority. And when he turned up on the scene and went into the temple, and he says, by what authority do you speak and say these things and heal these people? Because you see, he spoke with authority, not like the scribes. Because he is God. And so my authority, when I'm stepping out, I'm stepping out in his name that is above every other name. The Bible says that he gave up his life. It's amazing. You read this in scripture. Oh, it's incredible. When they came to stone him and they wanted to throw him off the, off the cliff. And the Bible said he walked through the midst of them. And he looked at them and he said, no man takes my life. He says, I'm going to lay it down. And when I'm ready, I'm taking it back up. No one. He had to lay his life down. He was life, Zoe life. They couldn't kill him until he was ready to be sacrificed and offered up for you and me. This is amazing authority. Paul the apostle walked in the same authority. There's a demon spirit who was called a thorn in the flesh that was trying to kill the apostle Paul. And he was following him from city to city to city. He was stoned, he was shipwrecked, he went through everything, like, incredible. And he said, in one of his, his letters, he says, I don't know whether to go and depart or to stay here. He said, I'm in a strait betwixt two, I don't know which to do, whether I just depart and go and just let it happen or whether I stay here. He says, but for your good, I'm going to stay here. And so he was walking in that authority. The the spirit that was trying to take Paul out couldn't take him out until until Paul said, I'm now ready to be offered. The time of my departure is at hand. I have kept the faith. I have preached the, the gospel. I have kept the faith, and now I'm ready to go. And he gave up, gave up his life. That is the authority of the man that wrote the New Testament. He walked in that authority as a son of God. Satan couldn't take him out until he'd finished the letters to the churches. And then he was ready. He went to Rome, finished all of those letters, and now we have the New Testament. He says, now I'm ready to be offered. Paul, don't go to Jerusalem. No. He says, don't hurt my heart. I'm now ready. I've finished my race. I've run my course. I've finished my race, and now I'm ready to be offered up. Oh, God. Incredible. Cancer can't take you out. Heart disease can't take you out. You've got the Zoe life inside you. Stand. You have not run your race. You have not finished your course. You're not going down by any demon spirit or in spirit infirmity. Stand. And so God has raised Jesus Christ from the dead and seated him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality, all power, all might, all dominion, every name that is named, not only in this world, but in that which is to come. And he made him to be the head of the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. And so he is the head of the church, and you are his body. And when God raised Jesus from the dead, he raised you and I from the dead. And when he sat, him, Jesus Christ, in, in the heavenly places at his right hand, he sat you and I next to him. And Hebrews says that he is, these, he, said he's, he is the son in glory. He is the firstborn from the dead. And now there's many, many sons in glory. You and I are sons in glory. And that word sons is in that, in that generic term. We've been raised up together with Christ, made to sit together in the heavenly places, to rule and reign in this life by one Christ Jesus. That's what we're here for. And so that is the authority that you and I have our foundations on when we're stepping out. He is the word made flesh. And so when I lift up this word, I am lifting up my king. I'm lifting up my God. And so we can take this word And this word, this is what we learned in the word of faith, that the word of God carries the same authority as God himself. And so when I take these scriptures, and we've given you declarations to speak, these are not the words of a man. They're the words of God. Holy men of old wrote this down as God moved upon them. This is holy. In the Old Testament, when they opened the book, everyone stood In honor of this word. And so the word has supreme authority. And God and his word are one. You cannot separate the word from God. God is the word made flesh. And so when we take the promises of God, when we take the covenant that is written, we're taking a hold of who God is. And when we put it in our mouth and speak it, it's as if God is speaking it. And he will confirm his words with signs following. God said the heavens and the earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. I have exalted my word even above my own name. That is the authority and the foundation and the beginnings that God gives to his word, and he wants us to take a hold of it and to honor it as he honors it. To take his name, to take his word. And so let's have a look at that. Heaven and earth will pass away. That scripture is Matthew 24:35. Isaiah 45. God will not go back on his word. If God has promised something to you, and we 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 had that, if we found a promise in his word, it's ours. And God was not gonna go back on the word. The word cannot be broken. For the word not to be fulfilled, God would have to not be God. He backs his word, his name is on that word. What does it say here? I have sworn by my own name. This is Isaiah 45 23. I have spoken the truth. I will never go back on my word. This is God speaking. I've spoken the truth. I've said to you that by his stripes you are healed. I will not go back on that word. Therefore, you can take this word and it's a living word. It's alive. It's powerful. It's creative. And if cancer is coming against your body, you speak that word into that situation and declare, by his stripes I am healed. The Bible says, by his stripes you were healed. People are trying to get healed. I'm trying. No, you don't try. You just declare that I'm healed according to God's word. By his stripes, I was healed. 2,000 years ago in the mind of God, the debt over our physical bodies was paid. And now by Jesus' stripes, you were healed. Who are you, O mountain of cancer, that you would dare stand before me? My body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, God dwells inside me. He is the spirit of life. And if the same spirit dwells inside your body, he will also make alive your mortal body by his spirit who dwells in you. The resurrection and life is in your mortal body. Sickness can't stand. It can't stay in this body. If you have a revelation, if you have a revelation of what God has done and who you are and the words in your mouth, nothing can stand against you. Nothing. And so God says here, I can't go back on my word. It's impossible. It's impossible for God to lie. It's impossible for him to not confirm his word. John 10, 35, the scriptures can't be broken. Psalm 119, 89, forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. The word is settled in heaven. Now, what what do we need to do on earth? We need to make it settled in my life. The word needs to be settled in my life over my finances, over my mind, over my body, over everything. It's already settled in heaven. Satan knows. And he's trying to deceive you and I into thinking, hey, you don't have authority. You've got nothing, that you're going to be a slave, that you're going to live as a slave in poor, poverty, die before your time. You know, these Christians that, sadly, that think that when a person dies, well, oh, God needed a flower in heaven. No, he doesn't. He's a creator. If he wants a flower, he can just create one. He does not need you in heaven. You have no use to him in heaven. He needs you on the earth to stand and fight. And so God says, with long life, I will satisfy you and show you my salvation. He's promised you three score in 10 years. That's 80 years as a minimum. And God says, if you, if you, if you want to stay longer, then just ask. So you, how long do you want to stay here? I'm here for the, I'm here for the wrestling match. Except there's no wrestle. He's already under my feet. He's put all things under Jesus' feet. And if you're the body of Christ, then you're the feet. You're part of the the feet are part of the body, and all things are already under your feet. Now stand and activate what God has already done. So Jesus Christ, all the promises of God are yes and amen in him. All the promises. So when you get in the word and you see a promise, it's yours. It's yes to you and amen, which means so be it. Isn't that incredible? Absolutely amazing. It's just so amazing how when Stephen and I got a hold of this as young 20-year-olds and, 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 and we just made a covenant with each other, we're going to correct each other's mouth. And we were, Because we had to learn to speak a language of life rather than the language that you hear. Oh, well, how are you going? Well, not bad under the circumstances. I think, well, what are you doing under there? You're supposed to be on top, on the head. You're not the tail. You're above. You're not beneath. The enemy may come in one way, but God says he has to flee before you seven ways. So if Satan comes to take me on, he's going to be split. And I'm not saying that I'm proud and arrogance. It's because the word says, and God is trying to challenge this limited natural thinking that we've been brainwashed by this world. God says, do not let the world squeeze you into its mold. With the propaganda of who we are, the church is nothing. No, we're the head and not the tail. And so Jesus Christ has delegated to us, and let's just finish with this, and then we'll we'll finish finish up (laughs) and pick it up next week. And so, in fact, there's just one more scripture I'll share that God... God sent his word to you. And there's a scripture that says God sent his word and healed you and delivered you from all your destruction. Now Jesus is the word made flesh, and so God sent Jesus the word who healed and delivered you, but also the written word and the written covenant. You can take this word and send it into your situation, send it into your family, send it into our nation. God sent his word and healed and delivered And when you and I know that we can use it like a sword, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and we can let that sword go out, we can let the light go out, and we can bring healing and deliverance in our nation, in our families, everywhere that God has given us our custodianship. And so Jesus, our authority rests on who Jesus has made us to be. He said, you are the body of Christ. You are the body of Christ Christ. We are not separate from Christ. We are his body. He is the head of the church. He's the head. The head is in heaven, and the body is down here on the earth. He ever lives to make a decision for us. That's what he's doing right now. He's at the right hand of the Father. He's ever living to make a decision for us. He's, he's right now decreeing and declaring the church is walking in strength. The church is mature. That she's, I'm coming back for a glorious church without any spots. She's not young, without any wrinkles. She's not too old. She's just this most mature son of of God, walking in dominion, walking in authority, honoring who God is, honoring who Jesus Christ is, honoring the name that is above every other name, honoring God's word, walking in the Holy Spirit. The first first message that was preached in, 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 in the book of Acts was, in that name, through faith in that name, has made this man well in that name. There is no other name under heaven whereby man must be saved but the name of Jesus. We carry that name. In my name you will heal the sick. You will cleanse the disease. You will raise the dead. You will cast out devils. Freely you have received and freely give. Now you go. All authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Now you go with that authority as my body, as my representative. And so that's who you and I are. That's what our calling and our gifting is. And Jesus said that he would give us power to tread on serpents and on scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Look for the word all in Scripture, all the way through. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. Now, when I was speaking before, I don't want to make out and mock Satan in that respect because even in the book of Jude, it says don't do that because these are created beings. They are amazing. God created them. But we have to understand, and we're standing back of God and his word. Nothing can by any means hurt us. We're strong in the Lord. We're strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And we take up the whole armor of God. Why? That we may be able to stand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, we stand having the breastplate of righteousness. I know them, the righteousness of God. Having on the girdle of truth, which is this word of God. Having the shield of faith, to which is able to quench every fiery dart of the wicked one. The helmet of salvation. And, the, and, shot, and our feet walking. Walking in the reality of the new creation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. That's the fight. Praise the Lord. And so we shall know the truth. And that's what we're hearing this morning. And the truth that you hear, it says, you shall sorry, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. And again, this is another scripture, just in closing. Two, three more minutes. People say, well, the truth will make you free. No, it doesn't. Because the full scripture of it is, you shall know the truth. And the truth you know shall make you free. And so it's our responsibility to get into this word, hear this message, and get to know this truth. And as you know it, and the revelation comes, once the light goes on and you go, wow, that is faith. You've got faith for that right there. You don't have to try it. The faith of God has come to you in that area. And so if we don't know that then we're under the circumstances, we're living as slaves, we're living far beyond, under what God has said. And so God says, how can the two of us walk together unless we're agreed? God is not going to agree with our defeat, with sickness, with disease. We have to come up. God says, come up here, for my ways are not your ways. My ways are higher than your ways. As the heavens are high above the thoughts, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. And so we have to take a hold of this word, and we need to renew our mind and start to speak the language of life, the language of authority, and renew our mind and agree with God so that we can see the manifestation. Thanks for watching Victory Christian Center. For more content, please subscribe to our YouTube channel or you can subscribe to our podcasts on Spotify, iTunes or Google Podcasts. Check out our website at victory.net.nz. We'll see you again soon.